This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey, it's Arlene Bynum for Alex Pearson, and let's get talking here on CounterPoint. Here is our panel this evening, David Tarand, who is Vice President of National Strategic Communications with Enterprise Canada. David, thank you for being here. Arlene, thanks for having me on the show. Hey, it's great to have you. Leanna Kersner, who is a YouTuber as well as a video game and tech advocate. Leanna, great to have you. Thanks for having me. All right, with all these different areas of expertise, let's talk about the city of Toronto. You know, if we had to come up with a a sentence that, that kind of summed up what was going on in this town in the last little while, we would say violence, and it seems to be increasing. Uh, politicians, as I said earlier, they love to do something. They have to. That's why we elect them. And now we have this announcement that's going to come from Premier Ford and Mayor Tory. I'll start with you, David. I was kind of speculating, saying it sounds like there's going to be more boots on the ground, more police involvement. At the same time, we have a little bit of a controversy, and Lawrence Heights have been hit with things, and they're losing their community center. Are, are we? Has this violence, do you think, prompted Toronto to try to do the proverbial something? Uh, no, I think there's a new sense of urgency. I mm-hmm. think, uh, I think. Uh, I mean, people knew that in pockets that gun violence was, was an issue in the city. This has happened before, but I think we're all kind of shocked what happened over the last week. Uh, and it's something that, you know, listen, I've actually had the, the pleasure of working for both Mayor Tory and Premier Ford, and it's something actually they disagree on a lot of issues, mm-hmm. uh, but this is an issue where uh, I, I, both both men do uh, agree on that actually uh, that, you know, the status quo is not enough to protect there's too many innocent people who are being put at risk so my guess is it's going to be something about enforcement about new money to get like you said to get new boots on the street and and you know well a lot of people a lot of the commentaries about like, do we need new laws need to ban this or mm-hmm. pass pass a lot of that i think the real issue is can we better enforce the laws we have rather than you know just pass new laws that criminals will ignore and our police can't enforce it is. It's so complicated. Very, very complicated, Leanna. What do you think is going to be announced here? If it is, as we think, that there's going to be more police officers, is that leaving a hole? Well, having grown up in one of those pockets aforementioned, yeah. I grew up in the James Finch neighborhood of Toronto. Mm. And... Um, those community centers matter a lot. Those after-school so. programs and mm-hmm. before-school programs, they matter a lot. Mentorship matters a lot. And the thing is, the police only get involved when a crime is committed. You need to divert these youth before that happens. These are cycles of trauma. These are youth who grow up in trauma. And this is something that's poorly understood about the gun violence epidemic here. There are entire communities, Lawrence Heights being one of them, that have multi-generational trauma. And until that's dealt with. We're not going to meaningfully, quote unquote, solve that we're never going to have zero violence, right? But we're never going to get it down. And the crazy thing is these initiatives are much less expensive than hiring cops. And yet, they don't get seen as so. The what doing initiatives something. are less? You know, we, we we took calls on the community center. I'm with you. I didn't yeah. see it as a left issue or a right issue. Yeah. I I don't mind tax dollars going to community centers, and especially in these areas. I say let's do it. But when you say that they're not being solved, what do you mean? Well, 
what gets what solves that what trauma gets youth into a life of violence people join these these groups whether you want to call them gangs or you mm-hmm. want to call them something else when they feel like they have no other options and something as simple as an after school cooking class mm-hmm. can give a, a youth something to do you teach them a skill and they get mentorship through that way. They have adults that they trust that they can talk mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. And the problem is a lot of, of young people are alienated by the adults in their lives. They don't they don't believe they can speak to an adult about something that matters to them. And, and did so they, you see that growing up? Oh, oh yeah. I mean, I got out of high school just as the the, you know, austerity cuts of the nineties were were starting to have a real impact mm-hmm. on on James Finch. And you saw it. The after-school programs went, the extracurricular activities went, the intramural sports went, and violence started coming up. It was, it's amazing, the, the statistics on how cheap it is to prevent these, these things before they start. Because once, once a youth is in the system, it's a cycle, right? They get it at, they get it at jail. They do their enforcement. Mm-hmm. They do their payback. We have this explosion of violence. They all end up in the system again. We have a reprieve of six months-ish to 18 months, and then it just kicks up all again. Well, I think you just touched on indirectly mm-hmm. on a key point there is yeah. that there's dangerous criminals who are being released. Uh, and so, I mean, part of it, you know, and listen, if a cooking class keeps a kid from, from a life in the gang, then listen, all for the cooking class. But we're also talking about very sophisticated, dangerous mm-hmm. criminal organizations, these gangs here. They're not just a group of bored youths who get together and decide to start selling heroin, right? Like, they are, these are sophisticated criminal organizations with incredibly violent pathological criminals. And, and when, you, when, when one of these criminals is apprehended, and for some reason, uh, procedural, lack of funding, the bail process, what have you, they're put back on the streets then what you have is a system that's failing the community because you're putting a dangerous person who will offend again uh, out of the system back onto the streets. So the issue is, why are they being released? All right, let me ask you that. You, I, I'm, I'm glad you brought it up. That's where I wanted to go. Uh, you know, this is complicated. It's very, very complicated. There's all these aspects of it. One of the things that the police have talked about and <clears throat> various criminal analysts is the police don't have any power anymore. Do you think that might be part of this announcement? Well, oh, they got to be careful with that. Mm-hmm. They got to be careful with or that. Is that, that. Is that, as I said, is that yeah. chip sale? We can't go back to the no. the age of carding. Well, we can't. And that's listen. And, and the word power is a loaded term. Right? Are we talking about carding? Are we talking about Tavis? Are we talking about these systems? I mean, it's easy for me to sit here today as, as a white male who's never had been pulled over on a street check and say, oh, you know, carding works. Well, if I was a black male who'd been, who has, and, and having known people in the black community over and, yeah, over. Yeah. over and over again, I, I, I can get where the rage comes from. Uh, at the same time, uh, are there preventative police measures out there that, that, that don't cross that line that actually allowed the police to intervene proactively and save lives? Uh, because the whole idea of this kind of preventative policing is actually that if you say, you know what, we're going to make a political decision that the line has to be drawn somewhere, you're, the real risk is that an innocent person is going to die. Well, and, and, uh, so, and so you, there's a civil rights element, there's a public safety element, and different people will draw the line different places. You say preventative policing, I say community policing. The first encounter a young person has with the police should not be a negative one. And mm-hmm. I grew up on the tail end of cops going into schools and, you know, your friendly neighborhood mm-hmm. spider cop mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
That matters. An adversarial relationship with the police helps no one because that means people in neighborhoods who see things, they don't go to the cops. They don't trust the cops. They don't want their neighbor's sister's kid ending up in the system. And this idea of keeping dangerous thugs off the street, all well and good. You know, that might make people in the suburbs Mm -hmm. sleep better at night. But these are people you're talking about. And yes, some of them are psychopaths. Yes, there is a percentage of the population. Some of them are just criminals. Some of them just need to be released from the cycle of trauma. And I don't want our system to become a punitive one. I want our system to stay a rehabilitative one. We have excellent It doesn't matter what they do then. Well, no, it it does matter. Mm -hmm. But the reasons behind that matter as well. Did they feel like they had other options? Was this an initiation thing? Were they trying to prove something? Were they trying to work out something in a terrible way? We have excellent police. We have excellent police in this city, uh, you know, comparative around the world. Really, really good, especially in the downtown core. I don't want this to become solely their burden. Communities, community leaders, youth Whose workers. Whose burden is you, it then? It's Who's everyone's. Doing these things? It's everyone's. Yeah. We need community leaders. We need a sense of community again. Strong, absolutely. I mean, this is not put a strong communities are a key part. Right. And, and quite frankly, the, the police in, will in, say in, that in, in they want to do all these things yeah. that you're talking about. You can throw $20 at a community instead of $100 at the cops and get a much uh, better return on investment. But in, in too many parts of the city, uh, the gang system is the community. Mm-hmm. And, and family. True. No, many of these people. I grew up in one of those communities. It's more than that. Well, it's not, a lot of these that. people the will join a lot of studies. They will join if they're interviewed why they they go there is because sense of family right because so, so no, i think we're both saying the same issues but yeah, that's what well, that's why people it it it, it gives structure it gives belonging mm. it gives well, a, they it don't have it but you're saying put that's it somewhere why, else that's why the community has to get to them first not to uh, preach pardon the pun but the churches if that's yeah. the way someone's inclined mm. community centers schools are afraid to get involved now because everybody's afraid of getting sued but we have to get over that somehow we need professionals we need social workers in those neighborhoods i know youth workers who have had shoestring budgets gone into communities and you know we want the teen pregnancy and vandalism down and they have it almost nothing in two years with almost no money and a lot of ingenuity and all they're doing is forming bonds with these kids everything you're saying is right i'd say the one caution is you know if a kid can be saved by cooking class don't lock them up but if someone deserves needs to be locked up, don't think they can be saved with a cooking class. Well, what if There's they different have a categories health? of criminals out there. What if they have a mental health condition and just need medication? You want to turn them into a statistic because they made a mistake? I think the people, the innocent people who are at risk of being bystanders of gun violence, uh, they, have, they have a say in this too. And so you had to prioritize public safety for innocent families. David Turan and Leanna Kersner. Um, this is a good one. I've been talking about this all day, and we're not going to stop. This study who said that Canadians who hold strong links to political parties are more likely to be misinformed about politics. Not a huge surprise. <laughs> Leanna, what, what do you make of this? Is this, because to me, this story kind of is a microcosm of all the things that bug me in the world right now. I mean, this is about tribalism. This is about partisanship. This is about um, your view of the media. This is about all of it. What do you say? I spend a lot of time on Twitter, and this didn't surprise me at all. No. <laughs> No. Facebook's the same way, right? Like if people consume news through Facebook, you're probably going to have the nice word is biased. The 
the you know not nice word is misinformed you got view it. and that's a kind way of putting it yeah misinformed. and just reading news on politics is not enough you actually have to have real conversations with people who disagree with you and that is considered some sort of betrayal to your side now it is yeah that's a big big part of it david what do you make of that i mean uh, I, I, I people there's no critical thinking i say this all the time it keeps me up at night there's no more critical thinking you've been in politics you used to be that you could say about your the party that you felt attached to as the study i disagree now in certain circumstances you're a goner well it depends on on what what your point is i mean listen i've worked in politics and and there's you know i've worked in conservative politics and there's things different conservative parties believe in that i disagree with and 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 these conversations take place all the time i think there's a segment of the population in all sides and all parties uh who are particularly uh, ideologically pure and who are overrepresented on social media mm-hmm. who make a great habit of shouting down and shaming uh, any uh, apostasy, any person who dares disagree with, with a, a pretty hard line. That's a pretty unique phenomenon to uh, to social media. and I think it's the way social media is changing how, mm-hmm. how, how we talk. I think there's a... Pro- <laughs> I don't know about that. Everybody has a drunk uncle before Facebook. Yeah, you but, know, but, like... We've had the, practice. Yeah, 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 yeah. But the drunk, drunk uncle wasn't talking to... Uh, being amplified to thousands mm-hmm. of people. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, and, and the other thing I say has happened is the other finding from this, this public policy forum study that's really interesting is that people who consume news regularly are more likely to get wrong. And I think this reached the point where, you know, there's no real impartial gatekeeper anymore. Uh, you know, of a, people of a certain generation said, well, there's certain, you know, news outlets or news or, or certain broadcast outlets or newspapers who are, you know, just just trying to call balls and strikes. Well, I think what you're seeing now is is this is actually kind of the, the, the entire media landscape's at a place now where People don't believe anyone's calling balls and strikes, and 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 uh, yeah, but and, that is because of misinformation. I, t- I I will disagree with you on that, and I I am just telling you the God's truth. There are some news organizations who aren't really about news anymore. Opinion and commentator mm-hmm. has has taken over, mm-hmm. and that isn't news. It's not a balance between, you know, the other side is doing it. There there are certain organizations, and we, I don't even know what you call them. And they're not really telling the truth. They're well, just not. Yeah, opinion and commentary is cheaper mm-hmm. than real news gathering. It, it takes also time. is part yeah. of this whole tribalism, gets yeah. people going. Look, but, you know. But here's the other part about the news situation. And you write, it's cheaper. And here's the thing about commentary, right? With social media, real time, people know, like, you know, you're, like the media, the, 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 uh, the, uh, the editors and the producers know what gets clicks. They know what stories gets it. likes. And that's all that matters. <laughs> it's a business Welcome to sound. my week. Video yeah. games yeah. cause mass yeah. shooting. Yeah. I mean, that's been nervous. my week, you're, and it's totally wrong. And, and, and being provocative. And guess what? A really, really uh, uh, in-depth story about what's going on at the school board right. is, is effective journalism that people yawn at. Yeah, getting a couple partisans to yell at each other about what Justin Trudeau did this week, that gets clicks. And so, at the end of the day, what's happening but it, is that does it, this le- is leaving some damage, though. Well, it's. I, I think what we're seeing is is it's become easier and easier and easier for people to realize about well, we're giving the people what they want, and uh, and what the people actually want is different than what they say they want. Uh, I think what's incumbent on everyone, whether you work in politics or the media, is actually to find a way to hold yourself personally to a high standard, 
while realizing that what the public often say they want. It's like people talk about negative advertising. Oh, we hate negative advertising. It works. Except respond? it works. Totally works. Right? Yeah. It totally exhausts works. people, but that's what it's uh, intended that's to do. That's why, you know, and years ago in management in this, in this business, we'd have to do these focus groups. <sighs> And I remember wa- going through these focus groups and finally <laughs> kind of shocking my bosses and saying, this isn't real. I mean, that guy likes her. He's saying he reads that magazine and thinks that stuff because he wants to ask her. It's just useless information, in my opinion. When I did focus groups, we try, <laughs> yeah. often we try to keep the, the male groups and the female groups separate. But that's because that's of that. Part of, part because of, part of, of that. Because of there gender dynamics. There's attraction and, going and on. You keep the, and often you need to keep the seniors and the teenagers separate. I mean, yeah. listen, you got to... You always got to be careful, right? You got to be mm-hmm. careful. It, it, it is critical thinking is uh, has never gone out of style, and I think it's. But I it think was it ever in style. Yeah. Was it ever in style? Well, I do I mean, think it was yeah. in when? style. But now that people watch things or think I am on this team, it's like a religion, and they will not deviate from what the religion and they'll watch things to be told what they think. We all know you go to a gathering and somebody goes, "I think," and they're using the exact same words, and you know where they got them. Oh, it's true. Yeah. There are yeah. certain buzzwords, like I won't repeat some of them, mm-hmm. but you see them on Twitter and I immediately like, this person is a lost cause. I should yeah. point out the irony of a bunch of us talking about the evils mm-hmm. of news commentary shows on a news commentary I was, show, I was saying just for the record, because yeah. you know, I do believe <laughs> it in is true. But yeah. Yeah, I've been it, in it all my life, but it, I have to say. Yeah, it is true. Maybe I'm a bit old school, too, because yeah. I started very young before, uh, I started when I was nine, uh, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. way before this, this hyper-partisanship took hold. And it's really difficult because there are right and wrong things. There are things you are not allowed mm. to say or you are you are. There's just things that are lies, that's yeah. all. There's well, some things that, and I'll call it a lie, there are things that aren't true. Now it's, you have the availability to, if you're a good uh, debater, you yeah. can debate those things. And now people, it's Alice in Wonderland, really. Yeah, like the mental health consensus on gun violence. No, mental health only has a modest link to gun violence. But everybody's like, mental health, mental health, mental health. Because liberals want the money and conservatives don't want to do anything about guns. And there we have a false consensus that, okay, it'll prevent suicides, but it won't prevent mass shootings. There's a classic example right there. Yeah, well, it affects the news and the politics, but it's used in politics, David, isn't it? Well, yeah. I mean, listen the uh, the the most the, the you know anytime you mm-hmm. there's something called social capital. Anytime mm-hmm. that you say something that disagrees with who your social circle is, you uh, uh, you will you will. Uh, you will you'll you pay a price status. for it. So I look mm-hmm. I look at an issue like the carbon tax. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of people out there who uh, who probably don't like the idea of paying more for gas prices, but they also don't like being accused of being a climate change denier. Mm-hmm. And and there's been a push underway for people to say, well, you can't oppose a carbon tax because then it means you're you're a climate change denier. And what so do you people do then though people well people should feel social say oh, I actually believe in fighting climate change I don't like the idea of paying a carbon you tax. You got it, and right? that but, is the key. That exactly what must, you just said. We must be informed and say carbon taxes work. If there was something else, that <laughs> there you see, there we have the example of they don't. But, but there's but, oh, there's many ways yeah. to fight climate change that don't involve jacking up home heating and gas prices. And okay. but people are, are being forced to choose. That if if I decide to say I don't want to pay higher home heating bills, then I'm obviously throwing in my lot with a climate change. That's fundamentally 
It's nice not, it's not talking true. point. Yeah, well, I have to say, it. this is affecting our politics, and I kind of feel bad for the politicians and the people who have to come out here and, and, and spew talking points for a living because everything has to be so lowest common denominator. It has to fit on a bumper sticker, and I don't think that's fair. Politicians, the ones I've met, are far more nuanced than their public, their public personalities allow them to be. They're much more well-rounded people. They're not the caricatures we see. Absolutely. And people expect one thing from a person based on their political stripe nobody's one thing no but there's a pressure to do it now and and there is and it is dangerous it has to fit a tweet it has to fit a seven second sound Mm -hmm. bite it's i mean nuance nuance doesn't get the clicks go back to you know the context doesn't get the clicks and so the whole idea is how you can be true to yourself while also making a point that actually people respond to. All right. Here, here. Great discussion. David Turan, Vice President of National Strategic Communications with Enterprise Canada. Leanna Kersner, YouTuber, as well as a video game and tech advocate. Thank you both. That was wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. All right.